Good afternoon. My name is Andrea Peter. I'm a professor at Central European University and the chair of the subcommittee of history of the Second World War of the Hungarian Academy of Sciences. And we are here at CEU podcast studio. And uh, my guest today is Tom Christiansen, who is a professor of history uh, at the Faculty of Humanities, Social Sciences and Education at the Arctic University of Norway in Tromsø. And uh, the reason why we are talking here today is that he is coordinating um, a very important project with the title In a World of Total War, Norway between 1939 and 1945, where four institutions are working together to rewrite, rethink uh, the history of the uh, Second World War in Norway. So my first question is, uh, what were the debates, public debates, academic debates in Norway, which led to this major project? It's a very, uh, in a way, a difficult and diverse question because there were, I think, several debates, but one of them, and perhaps the debate that triggered the whole process, was a notion in the northern part of Norway that the far north had not been given due attention by historians and other academics. And the reason for that is that in the far north, we had the heaviest fighting in 1940 during the campaign, but also in the liberation of of, uh, Finnmark when the the German army was withdrawing from Finland through the north of Norway from the... uh, and, and, And it was attacked by the Red Army from October 1944. And the first parts of Norway were... Uh, liberated in the fall, and and there were Russian troops in the northernmost part of Norway till the autumn of 1945. And uh, another topic that people felt were not duly uh, researched was the German tactics or strategy of the Scorch Earth. There were heavy casualties and the whole whole county of Finnmark and the northern part of Troms, the county of Troms, were burnt and people were forcefully evacuated from the area and they suffered a lot because of that. So uh, the far north is in a way an important aspect of the of the new project and uh, but we are very clear that we are not doing northern Norwegian history, but the history of the northern part of its transnational. It's uh, it's uh, also about the northern part of Sweden, Russia and Finland and Norway. And we believe that the this part of, of Europe is particularly uh, interesting also from a strategic point of view, because there is a some sort of collusion between Russian, British, Scandinavian interests in the area. And from 1942, problems connected to the far north was one of the most important things that the Norwegian government in exile in London had to deal with. Svalbard, the Spitsbergen issue, and of course, uh, Russia and the Russian-Norwegian border and issues emanating in the far north. So that's one of the uh, one of the answers. Another answer is that people think that many aspects, except for the representatives of the Quisling regime, 
the variety of forms and shapes of collaborations between Norway and the occupiers have not been well researched. And finally, there is in this country, as in many other countries, there's a general interest in the public for topics and for Second World War history. So this is a major research project, which is uh, executed by a consortium of uh, different uh, institutions. So can you share with the listeners what were the criterion to select the consortium partners and what is their role? And uh, these three goals you have mentioned, namely the increasing public interest to remap the history of the Second World War in Norway, and also to look at other aspects of the German occupation, how this is actually featured in the work of these other institutions. To take the first uh, first institution, the Narvik Center, which is a, a museum, a war museum, and a center for human rights in uh, the town of Narvik, where there was a uh, battle in 1940. And uh, I believe that the recapturing of Narvik in the end of May 1940 was one of the first, let's call it the defeat of the German forces. Uh, the city was reconquered by Norwegian, British, French and Polish troops on the 28th of May. So it's an icon battle in this country, uh, at least. Uh, the Narvik Center has a special responsibility to disseminate the results of the project and also to develop a, a teaching program for pupils and for regular visitors to the museum. And they are also doing uh, teaching in the northern part of Norway, visiting schools and, and uh, well, basically schools, uh, secondary schools. And they will then have the opportunity to um, present the results for secondary school pupils. The Norwegian Institute for Defense Studies, which is a part of the National Defense College, is uh, the second institution in the program. And there we have experts on, on Russian-Scandinavian relations, and on the Waffen-SS, and also on political history, Third Reich, and, and Russian political history in general. And thirdly, we have the Norwegian University of uh, Science and Technology in Trondheim, which has conducted a huge uh, research project over the last few years on the Organisation TOT. So it's an people there and they have a great knowledge of the organization TOT and the building of the, of the Festung Norwegen during the war. That was the German uh, organization that built fortresses, roads and railways in occupied areas. Uh, well, and to a large extent used forced laborers and, and prisoners in their building projects. And in this country, they built a new railway in the, in the far north. They built uh, keys and tunnels. And uh, first of all, they built the coastal artillery around 300 forts to protect the Festung Norwegen or to, to, to protect uh, Norway from being recaptured by uh, the Allies. So it was a huge, a massive building organization in this country. Uh, 
And at the most, I think there was some almost 100,000 prisoners and forced laborers in this country. The majority of them were Russians, but also people from Poland and the former Yugoslavia, as well as uh, political prisoners. And the forced institution? That's my university, the Arctic University of Norway in Tromsø. And uh, it's the host, uh, uh, host institution. And uh, uh, my colleagues here have been interested and have researched on the war history of the northern part of Europe for many, many years. So we also have a lot of competence at this university as well as in the other, uh, other institutions in the consortium. And I must also mention that we have a, a group of advisors, an international group of advisors attached to the project. So I think we are quite well manned for the task. The research or the work of the, of the project is divided into four uh, work packages. The first work package is called Grand Strategy and the Small State the Great Powers, the German Assault, and Norwegian Wartime Alliances. And the second work package is called uh, the Occupation Regime, Ambitions and Responses. The third work package is um, Minorities and Daily Life or Everyday Lives uh, in, in, in the North uh, during the war. And uh, the the last, the fourth uh, work package is the memory of war and occupation. So under those four headings, we will do our research. Right. So what kind of challenges are there for re rewriting, rethinking the history of uh, uh, Norway during the Second World War? Because you have mentioned these um, three factors which uh, need to be addressed. But how do you plan to solve this in the collaboration of these four uh, institutions? As an academic, uh, one often uh, confronts the problem of accessibility of archives and sources. On the one hand, a lot of the relevant archives for Norwegian uh, researchers will be in other countries, in Russia, in Britain, in the US, in Germany, and so forth. A another thing is that some of the archives, they are not uh, really accessible because they are not uh, properly uh, arranged at the National Archives. So we are doing work on trying to get an overview of, of new archives. But one challenge is on the practical level to get access to archives and to find, discover new archives. But that's uh, a matter of cost and practicalities. Uh, another thing... Uh, I might mention is the issue of recruitment because in this country, the Second World War has hardly been taught at the academic level since the early 1980s. With a notable exception of, of uh, issues such as uh, totalitarianism, genocide, holocausts, and the topics like that. But traditional war history and diplomatic history during the war uh, has not been taught since uh, for more than 30 years. There's another challenge with which I think is general, goes for many countries, is that uh, there has been a growing gap between popular notions of war history uh, brought about by my media and writers and filmmakers and the insights 
to uh, academics, which is very often not well known in the public domain. So that's in a way a challenge we need to try to overcome. The access to different uh, archives is an issue for nearly every historical research, especially those who are working on the history of the Second World War. The Russian archives is like this holy grail, so it's very difficult to get there. I believe some of the listeners might be surprised that the history of the occupation hadn't been taught in in Norway in the secondary level education. I wonder why is that the case? It's it's difficult to say, but there was some sort of some sort of a watershed when the pioneers of occupational history retired in the 1980s and young scholars they had other interests so they started to study the victims of nazism and, and the occupation regime they became interested in as i mentioned the holocaust genocide repression uh, minorities uh, everyday life new topics and that left traditional war history and diplomatic and political history during the war some sort some some sort of in in a doldrum but i think that is now in the process of changing but it's difficult to uh, to understand why that happened but that i guess that is happening to all historical topics that they have uh, ups and downs but now we, we we would like to to consider these traditional topics with uh, from a new angle and with the new methods and new theories but the subject matter is is uh, the same topics but in a new way. Right. So can you tell us something about these new ways? Yeah, I'm thinking first of all of military history, modern military history uh, as opposed to to traditional war history, battle history and and traditional history of military units and so forth. And what I mean is that we would like to see a military history at the crossroads between ideology political history, economics, and military operations, and not isolate war operations and and conflicts from other aspects of wartime history. So to, to see, see the connections between these uh, different aspects. Uh, Norway has been occupied by the uh, Nazi Germany as several countries uh, during the Second World War. So I wonder that what kind of uh, uh, challenges are there for writing the history, occupational history of Norway and uh, uh, the concept of sovereignty? Are there any debates about the different concepts of uh, sovereignty and how this uh, occupational history uh, has been written in the past uh, years and what kind of of uh, new uh, stories you are planning to put forward as a result of this project? There might be some sort of orthodoxy or unspoken assumptions in the handling of, of Norwegian war history and occupational history, but there is no public or government or official interference in the writing of history. That would be regarded both by academics and the public as an infringement and as an insult. And I don't think there has been any efforts of directing the writing of history in this country, even though you might find some sort of vague orthodoxy in how Second World War history is understood. 
so in that respect, we don't have any any uh, challenges to the concept of sovereign sovereignty. If that was what you were asking about. Mm-hmm. There is no official pronounced official war history in this country. So in in that sense, we might be quite different from from what we uh, have seen in Poland lately, for example. So uh, you mentioned the uh, new theories to be used for interrogating the the history of um, Norway during the Second World War, and you also underlined that this is a transnational history. So you have yeah. been working together with uh, other uh, international scholars. So can you give some examples how this internationalization of the history of uh, Second World War in um, in uh, Norway is happening during this project? One of the projects that that my old institute, the Institute for Defense Studies, conducted from the early 90s was to uh, write the diplomatic history of Norwegian-Russian-Soviet uh, uh, relations. And uh, my colleagues spent uh, a few years researching Russian uh, foreign ministry archives and a volume of documents uh, were published and a lot of dissertations were written and also studies and, and, and scholarly articles. And and that cooperation between the Norwegian uh, Institute and our colleagues in Russia was very uh, fruitful at the time and, and, and gave great results. So that's that's one example of uh, international uh, cooperation. And what is your own work on? So we have been talking about your own your work as a person who basically managed to put together several institutions in the f- extremely contagious field of uh, history of the Second World War. So that's a big achievement. Those who r- really don't know, I mean, the academics are uh, always uh, consider themselves as lonely warriors and difficult yeah. <laughs> to put them into teams and to work together. But it would be also nice to see how your own work basically fits into this uh, reconceptualization of the history of Second World War in Norway. Right now, I'm in the process of finishing the biography of the Norwegian commander-in-chief during the campaign in 1940, General Otto Ruge. He was appointed commander-in-chief two days after the German attack, and he was in charge of the campaign till he went into uh, he became a prisoner of war at the end of the campaign and he and he spent five years in in germany as uh, as a prisoner of war so i'm i'm writing a biography on his uh, conduct of the campaign of his military thinking before the war and of course uh, about his life in general but in the project i will write a study on the norwegian country contribution to the Allied uh, war effort, because the Norwegian government in exile was in a quite favorable position because of the the huge merchant fleet that was uh, rescued uh, from German capture in April 1940. And it supported the government with huge revenues, income, so that it could build an air force, an army, and a navy in exile. 
And also Norwegians took part in the British Armed Forces in special units, uh, in uh, SOE uh, operations and so forth. So I will write an evaluation on the Norwegian uh, war contribution from 1940 to 45 when the government was in exile. And the last question is about the the popular history, the relationship between popular history and professional history. Because mm. uh, you mentioned that as one of the challenges of uh, writing the history of the Second World War. So how do you explain that there is this increasing interest uh, in the wider audience in popular history while the so-called professional historians are more and more confined to write peer-reviewed art Articles which are read mm. by 23 people. So how do you <laughs> see this challenge and how do you plan to uh, address this uh, in this project? We have a work package, one of the four work packages that will do memory history. But my own thoughts, I, I, I'm not sure why it is so, because the interest today and over the last, let's say, 10 to 15 years, has been tremendous and the outpour of books is almost unbelievable. But why? It's difficult to say. There is a general interest in the period for one reason or other. It's it's difficult to say. And it's not a Norwegian phenomenon. It's like that in almost uh, all countries that, that I know. The explanation might be in many occupied countries there are family histories there are you know forefathers with uh, direct war experiences it's uh, war history is the topic in popular films novels so all these things create some sort of curiosity and interest but i'm i'm not sure it's not my field of uh, of expertise why it is so but we can just uh, establish that it is huge interest. And we can see that on arrangements that we are responsible for, seminars and debates, always uh, a lot of visitors to venues like that. Thank you very much. Uh, I wish all possible luck to this uh, pioneering important uh, project. So my guest was Tom Christiansen from the Arctic University of Norway from Tomsø. Uh, my name is Andrea Petter, Central European University Budapest, the CU podcast studio. Thank you very much for your time and good luck with the project. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.